Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. Ahead of time. Time is your greatest commodity. Not your money, not your possessions, but your time. The Bible says that the, uh, the days of a man's life are numbered. So you only have so much time. That's why they call it an hourly wage. They're compensating you for the time that you give to them. Time is precious and it should not be wasted. And so it's amazing to me that statement, he or she is ahead of time. Ahead of time in the dictionary means more advanced or innovative than is or was typical in a particular era having ideals or attitudes that are too advanced to be accepted in the present. Notice this, before the announced time, ahead of time. A man or a woman before their time. They're a pioneer. They go where men have never gone before. They dream things that men have never considered before. They see things that other people are just looking at. A pioneer. They are often misunderstood or rejected because what they're seeing is not acceptable during that time. Just think of it. Just in your lifetime, the inventions, the things that have been new that when they first came out were rejected. I remember riding in the car, putting the eight track, take a match, little matchbox and put it underneath it to pick it up so it wouldn't drag. What? See, the, old, the young people don't know what. How many remember the eight track and the little matchbox you just stick underneath there, yeah. They just, you know, it's, it's, it's a tragedy that you didn't get to grow up in the 60s and 70s. It's just it's so sad. But I remember when cassette tapes first came out, I said, won't last, won't make it. And yet here we are today. We don't even buy cassettes anymore. I mean, they're just not, they're just, they just don't need them anymore. I mean, you notice that Pastor David did not say, I have some cassette tapes out front for you. <laughs> it's a free download, you know? And so it's often misunderstood or rejected their ideals. And know this, and this one here came to me this morning, just rushing to get dressed and it came to me. A man that is before his time, he lives in a different time zone. It's a prophetic time. It's a prophetic edge. It's a different time. A man that's before his hour. You see, I teach you that the spirit of prophecy takes a man from where he is to where God needs you to be. God needs men and women that are ahead of their time. Men and women that live on the edge of prophecy, that are spirit-filled and spirit-led. That's what the kingdom needs. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, Paul said, but when the fullness of the time had come, say fullness of time, fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. When the fullness of time came, God sent him. And he was a man ahead of his time. Pray with me today. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Speak to us. 
Let the spirit of prophecy fall in this room. Give us revelatory knowledge. Give me a rhema word. Give us ears to hear and hearts to understand. Make this a God moment, a Kairos moment. Let things shift in the house. I declare it. Shifting is taking place. Shifting is taking place. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, that's me. That's me. Amen. A man before his time. Let me give you three points and I'll get out of here. Number one, let's talk about an appointed time. Time. Galatians chapter 4, verse 2. The child is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. Notice that guardians and stewards waiting for that appointed time. Guardians in the Greek means the time, the place, and the manner given by permission to a tutor. Think of that. Your guardian is someone that you've given them permission the right time and at the right place for the right purpose. So I wanna ask you this morning, have you given permission to someone? Have you given permission to someone in the right place at the right time? and the right manner to speak into your life. I ask that question because it is getting more and more difficult to find people that have a teachable spirit. The mentee that's willing to come under the mentor. Someone that can take a no. Someone that can take a wait. Someone that will come underneath the wisdom of another. My generation, we grew up, of course, and we brought forth the inventions like disposable diapers, and everybody said amen. amen. So see, any, anybody that's a part of the baby boom generation, you, you should just honor them. But just for that one thing alone, we brought out the microwave oven, amen. I mean, there's inventions that the baby boomers brought out. And so you, you, you see this and, and you realize that we are moving at such a fast pace. And, and we live in a time now where things, knowledge, as the Bible said, is just multiplying. And we want everything now. We want everything instant. We want everything quick. And we have a wealth of knowledge that's available to us on the internet. The internet has a double-edged sword. On one side, it's so powerful. And on the other side, it's been so destructive. And we have a generation of young people now, uh, a younger generation that struggles with coming under that guardian that can give them the wisdom they need. You see, I believe that we need the partnership between the zeal of the youth and the wisdom of the elderly. We need that. We need both to work together. We need this so desperately. But we have a generation that will not submit, that will not submit to the guardian, that will not come underneath their authority or their wisdom. Guardians, you have to give them permission. Have you given permission to someone to speak truth to you when you need it the most? It said that they were stewards. And in the Greek, this speaks of apostles and overseers of the house. So again, I ask you, have you come under spiritual authority? In the staff meeting the other day, uh, Charmaine had asked me the question, how do we restore authority back to the house? One of the things that we have to do, of course, is parents have to begin within the home. Parents have to begin to parent their children. You need to let, you need to parent your children. You need to parent the, your children. Not the government, not the internet, you need to parent your children. 
You need to take authority over your children. You need to take authority in your home. You need to deal with your children. And there's a revelation for some. You need to deal with your kids. They need to be dealt with in the appropriate manner at the appropriate time in the appropriate uh, way. Amen? You need to deal with your children. The pulpit needs to begin to preach once again on spiritual authority. Pastors are so afraid now to say no to their parishioners. They're so afraid to bring correction and discipline back in the house of God. The pulpit's afraid to rebuke and reprove with all authority. We're afraid to call out sin for what it is. We're afraid to preach truth in an hour when it's, it's, there's so much pressure to compromise and just in, and tolerate any and all. But listen, love will always tell the truth and truth must always be spoken in love. But we have a problem in the pulpit today. Pastors are afraid to man up and be pastors. They're afraid to bring authority back into the house. And I've told staff through the years, you can always tell more about a man or a woman by how they respond to a no than a yes. Everybody loves the yes, but how well do they react or respond to your no? Oftentimes, I'll watch people when I say no, just to see how they're going to handle it. Can you handle a no? Do you come underneath authority? Do we really truly acknowledge, again, the apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Or have we lost that? I told the staff that what happened, I saw it in my life in the 80s and 90s, when the, the teaching of the priesthood of all believers went through the church. And I understand that we're all priests and kings. We all are that, and I get that. In person, there is equality, but in position, there is anointings, and that's what we lost. With the priesthood of all believers now, we don't need authority anymore. We don't need pastors and apostles and prophets and teachers anymore. We don't need that anymore. It's no longer required. We no longer need positions within the church. And when we did that, we did a great disservice to the house of God. We need positions. We need delegated authority. We need structure. As much as children need parents, people need pastors. That's just the way that works. I didn't write the book, he did. But we all need that. Guardians, stewards. But he talked about an appointed time. The word time appointed there means set beforehand, prearranged a designated day. Prearranged a designated day prophesying the promises of God without explaining God's timing produces frustration. We talk a lot about prophecy and prophetic words and prophetic promises, but we don't talk a lot about time. And I've shared with you before some of my stories where a prophetic word was released to me and I didn't understand it until years later. Did you hear me? Years later. And some prophetic words, I'm still waiting on their fulfillment. But I understand the timing of God. Prophetic promises always flow with prophetic timing. And we have failed to teach our people that. To receive the prophetic word, to war with the prophetic word, but to understand prophetic timing. It has its designated day. It has its appointed time. And because we have failed to do that, people get frustrated. And so I need to ask the question, can you endure the process to possess the promise? You got a war with that word and you have to wait on the prophetic timing. 
Again, back to what I said earlier, because we are that instant generation, we want everything instant. It's at our fingertips, just a push of a button and the world opens to us. We want God's prophetic promises to be the same, just a push of a button. Somebody gives us a word in a service, we receive it with great excitement, but when it doesn't happen within two weeks, we get frustrated. That's because we don't understand prophetic timing. And we need to teach this to our people, the prophetic promise, going through the prophetic process and going through the prophetic timing. We have to teach that. Notice in verse four and Galatians four, he said, but when, say when, when, the fullness of time had come, when the fullness of time had come. Understand again, we're talking about an appointed time. We're talking about coming under guardians and coming under stewards and understanding that there's a process and that God is working in and through me and I have to be patient and understand prophetic timing. There's a win to all of this. There's a win. And that's why it's so important that everyone, like these new members today, find a local body of a universal, excuse me, a local expression of a universal body that they find a church and they lock in, they dig down, they get rooted in, they come underneath spiritual authority, they come underneath guardians that they give permission to, you can talk into my life, you can speak into my life. They understand stewards, people, churches, a body, a congregation, spiritual leaders that will come over you and you're a part of. They understand that process. They lock in and they understand that all that's so important because there's a win to the fullness of time. You see, God knows when it's time for you to experience, and I, this sounds corny, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. God knows when it's time for you to experience a win, W-I-N. How many wants to win in life? Well, there's a win for the win, and you gotta know that. There's a win for the win. You gotta just know when this is gonna happen. It said when the fullness of time came, we had a win on the other side. When? So you need to settle down. You need to come under guardians and stewards and you need to lock into a local body and you need to realize that there's a process for the prophetic promise and it's called prophetic timing. And you've got to be, you've got to hold on to the win. Aren't you glad that God's got a watch? Aren't you glad that God's got a timeline? Aren't you glad that God knows when your win will come? I'm so glad. I don't have to fret and worry. I can just relax. And there is a win, prophetic timing, there is a win when I'm going to experience the win in life that God has for me. Say, say it with me. There's a win for my win. A point in time. It spoke about an appointed time. An appointed time. God knows when. Number two, let me talk to you about the fullness of time. Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the time had fully come, God sent the Son. But when the time had fully come, God sent the Son. The word time there, of course, is chronos. And here it speaks about a space in time. A space in time. It's interesting. It's not only chronological time, but there, it's a space in time, a designated day. When the time had fully come, God sent the son. A woman knows when the birth is at hand because the baby has outgrown its womb or its space. 
that last, is it called trimester, gals? Is that right? In the last trimester, is that, am I correct? Somebody give me help here. Show me some love. Is that right? So the, I understand that's the most difficult time. I know the last two weeks is really the challenge when everything has reached its fullness. And uh, she gets that waddle. You know, you can always tell that walk, you know, that they get. They're leaning, leaning back, and kind of a waddle. I hear the spirit of the Lord. <laughs> Everything is uncomfortable. It's because the promise has outgrown its space. Think of that. Time. When you outgrow your space and time, you know that your birth is at hand. There's been times in my life when I began to get uncomfortable and then I got frustrated and then I sensed that there was a change coming. What happened was, is the promise that was within me had outgrown my space. I was pregnant with something and it outgrew the space. That's what it means here when it says the time a space and time, a designated day. You reach a point where you've just outgrown your space. That moment will no longer contain you. It will no longer, you can no longer be confined. And suddenly the process begins. Because as I've said to you before, God is trying to push you to a new level, to a new place. So you can outgrow your space and time. And when you feel that, you, you know that your birth is at hand. Your business can outgrow your space and time. Your ministry can outgrow your space and time. Your, your, your relationships, I mean, you, you can outgrow certain people. You can have friends that they're just not going to go where you're going. And you're going to have to learn to let go of people. You, you got to learn to let go. They're not going to, they're not going to go where you want to go. They're just not. And that's okay. It doesn't make you better. It's just, you're different and you're going to outgrow certain things. You may outgrow certain people. You may outgrow your, your business and you, you've got to, you, 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 there's a birthing that's coming. Something is happening. There's a birth coming space, space. You need more space. You need more room. You can't be confined. So repeat after me, this space cannot contain me. It cannot contain me. I've said to you for years, you're bigger on the inside than what we see on the outside. It cannot contain me. This space that I'm in, it cannot contain me. There's more to me than what you see. The word fully here in Galatians 4.4, 4, in, the, in the Greek, it means fulfillment. That which makes something complete, complete. That which makes something complete. So I, I just, I want you to see the time sequence of the birthing process. There's chronos, just normal time. And I'm talking about in the spiritual sense. There's chronos, just the normal time. Just the process that you're going through. The process, God's working in you, working through you. Circumstances, situations. 
You're, you're going through it. Life is happening around you and you're watching time. And, and so often we get frustrated in chronological time. And so often we get, we, things begin to, but suddenly things begin to shift and things begin to happen and, and things begin to move and shake and we get uncomfortable and, and, and birth pains begin and contractions. And, and then you go into that Kairos moment where, where God begins to suddenly move and, and then you move into that fullness where it's complete now. It's complete. And the water breaks and there's a birth that takes place. I just want you to see this whole process that you have to go through. It's hard and I know it's painful, but you have to go through it. The mother, the mother has, to, has to know when it's time. When the, when the contractions start, uh, she has the urge to push, but the doctor's constantly saying, please don't push. Hold on, wait until I tell you. She has to wait to that crowning moment. And then suddenly he'll say, push. And she pushes and there's a birth. But you have to hold on. And, and I've been through that process before. Go through the chronological time and, and it's frustrating and you're, you're, you're frustrated and you feel like I'm outgrowing this space and I'm outgrowing this womb that I'm in. It, it just can't confine me anymore and you're frustrated and, and suddenly there's a Kairos moment and the water breaks and, and, and it's then when the fullness of time comes and, and just like with the mother that knows when it's time, you've got to know when to push. You've got to know when to push. And I've been there. I've been there. I've been there where I was uncomfortable and I was frustrated and, and I was outgrowing my space and time. And, and, and then suddenly there was a Kairos moment and I, I, I knew what it was. It was a Kairos moment that presented itself to me. It was a God moment. You get the phone call. You get the opportunity. You get the offer. You get the moment. And you know, this is a moment in time and I have, to, I have to take advantage of the opportunity of a lifetime and the lifetime of an opportunity. And you jump through it and you, and you begin to push. You begin to push because there's a birth that's coming place. There's something that's happening. There's a time. Timing is so important, guys. You, you've got to learn to read the times. You've got to understand timing. Timing is so important. And you have to know when it's time. When it's time. I've seen it. I've seen it. Timing. Just to know when to move, when to act, when to change, when to shift, when to, when to start a new ministry, when to start a new career. Just the timing, the timing, the timing, the timing. To be that man ahead of his time, you've got to know how to read the time. And you've got to know when the contractions are starting and you've got to know that crowning moment and you've got to know when to push. You've got to know that. You've got to pay attention to what God is doing and you have to know when to push. Be ready when the shift comes, when God says push. The word sent here, there's three words here in Galatians 4.4. Time, your space that you're outgrowing and fully, you've got to know when it's time to push and then sent. The word sent means point of origin, out of place, out of time. Life is a series of wombs pushing you to the next level as we said here before. Galatians 4.19, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. The womb that forms you cannot contain you and will push you out to the next level of existence, we said. 
The birthing process is painful and messy, and you cannot become who you need to be by staying where you are. You've got to understand this birthing process. It's painful. It's messy. It's hard. And I want this church to understand that as a corporate body. I believe, as others believe, that God, we're just declaring it and we're believing it, that God's getting ready to move in America again. And we have to be able to read the time. We have to know that the fullness of time is coming. And when that fullness of time comes and, we're, and, and God says to push, when the contractions start and, and God says push, we got to be ready to push. We have to be ready to push. We have to be ready to, to go with what God's doing. You got to be ready to take, the, take advantage of the opportunity of a lifetime and the lifetime of the opportunity. And that's what it means to be a man before his time. A man before his time. They refuse to be contained by the space that they're in. They understand when it's time to push and they're willing to be first, to be sent, to be out of place, to be out of time. Listen, everybody wants to be a pioneer. Everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to be that innovative entrepreneur. Everybody talks about it, but nobody's willing to be out of place or out of time. Nobody's willing to be misunderstood or rejected. Nobody wants to be the first to take the hit, to take the arrows. You see, it's not easy being first. It's not easy being a pioneer. It's not easy. But you have to do that if you really want to be a man ahead of his time. Jesus was a man ahead of his time. He was the first of many brethren. That's why the Bible says he came into his own and his own received him not. He was rejected and despised, a man of sorrows. You see, if you're going to be that pioneer, that entrepreneur, go first, cut new ground, set the example. If you're going to be that guy or that gal, then you've got to understand that you're going to be a man or a woman at times of sorrow. You're going to be sent, sent, which means out of place or out of time. You're out of time. You're out of place. You stand out. You're different. People look at you differently. They don't understand you always, and they will at times reject you. That's what it means to cut new ground, to be an entrepreneur, to be a man or a woman of God that has that pioneering anointing to go first, to be a church, to be a church that embraces a move of God, to be, a, to, to, to be that church. I remember when, when, when uh, Brownsville, they begin to go into those contractions and for two years they begin to pray and they begin to pray and then on Father's Day 1995, uh, suddenly, suddenly it, that crowning moment came and that God said, push! And they pushed and they, they were there for sometimes all night long. They'd go in there at seven o'clock at night and they'd walk out when the sun was coming up the next morning. And then they'd come back the next night and do it all over again. And they pushed when the doctor said push. And suddenly through the months of June, July, and August, they gave birth to a revival. And then suddenly they jumped up and, and thousands began to come from around the world. And they thought, woo, ain't this great? And everybody's going to love us. And it split the assemblies of God right down the middle. Brother against brother. Parents against children. And it split the assemblies of God. And now suddenly they realized that they were out of place and out of time. Because they were experiencing something that we'd never quite seen before. How many knows that what, God's, what God does next is going to look, at, look different than what God did before? You're going to be out of place and out of time. You're going to be... 
and that Kairos moment. And that's what it means. When the time he outgrew that space had fully come, those contractions started and you had to push, God sent someone that was out of place and out of time for someone, as I said here two weeks ago, your water's getting ready to break and the contractions will start pushing you to the next level. And you're going to have to know when to push. My third point, and I'm done. You have to ask the question, what time is it? In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, again, we're all in the book of Galatians. It talks about time again and again and again. Time, 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 time. Paul said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, which is kairos, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know chronos, a general process of time. You know kairos, an opportune, strategic, or a now time. But he said here, weary in doing. Weary in doing. Chronos time is a season of sowing into your Kairos moments. As I mentioned, Brownsville, for two years, chronological time, they sowed into Father's Day, 1995, that Kairos moment. Guys, going to the next level is hard work. In your ministry, on your job, in your career, in, your, in, in the church, it's not easy to go to the next level. It's not easy to, 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 to experience that birthing of something new. It's hard. It's hard work. You got to work hard to see that, but it's worth it. Jesus, look at what he went through to give birth to the church. It was a painful process, but look what came about to know what time it is. So you can't get weary. The word weary means utterly spiritless, to be wearied out. The season of sowing requires faith and endurance. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You can't become weary. You can't lose your spirit. You can't become spiritless. If anybody could do it, everybody would do it. If anybody could do it, everybody would do it. That's why, that's why a man ahead of his time are few and far between. To be men and women that are ahead of their time, to really make a difference in life, to change the world, to be an entrepreneur, to be inventive, to understand originality, creativity, and to bring that forth, whether you're a person or a church, to be a church on the cutting edge of what's happening in the kingdom of God, to be willing to go first and take the hit, to be sent. That means to be out of place and out of time. You go alone and you go first. And just think about that, the difference though that you make and the changes that come about because of people like that. He said, don't worry in doing good. It's going to bring forth a great harvest. He said, don't give up. Don't give up. Zig Ziglar said this, success occurs when opportunity meets preparation. When opportunity. Don't give up. Your kairos moment is the results of your chronos process. Chronos process. Chronos process. Working. Laboring. Laboring. Working. Sowing. Tilling the ground. Working, working, chronological time, working, working, working. And then suddenly there's a Kairos moment. That chronological 
time is investing in that Kairos moment. Your Kairos moment is the result of your chronological investment. It's hard work. I've told you this before, and it, but it's, it, it serves repeating. I, you know, Tommy Barnett pastored one of the biggest churches in the nation years ago, First Assembly of God in Phoenix, Arizona. It was huge, ran thousands. And he was a great man, a visionary, and he had an intern program, and he had an intern that was assigned to him. And this little, this little young guy was following him around, and he just he kept asking him the secret to his success. And he kept saying, Pastor Barnett, you, you got to tell me, how, how, did you, how did you bring all this to pass? And, and, and you know, what, what's the secret to all of this? And, and he just kept chirping, kept chirping, until finally in a hallway one day, he stopped and he said, son, come here, come here. I'm going to give you the secret to my success. And he took him in a closet where there was no one else. And he closed the door in this confined closet. And he says, I'm going to whisper to you the secret of my success. Well, this little kid, he's like, Pff. Man, I fix him get a word from God. I fix him get revelatory information. This is going to be phenomenal. And he just leaned into that kid in that closet and he said, hard work. <laughs> and then he walked out the closet. This kid was, was expecting some phenomenal revelatory knowledge that came out of the third heavens that was delivered to Pastor Tommy Barnett on golden tablets and a deep time of fasting and prayer. He said, hard work, chronological time of investing in a Kairos moment. Yes. Success so is when opportunity meets preparation. You prepared yourself. That's why this quick stuff, this quick stuff, I just... I want to get to the platform with the lights and the cameras and the people that know me around the world. I want to get there. Come out of Bible school and then two weeks later, they want to be up on a camera in front of TBN. Listen, you're kidding yourself. That's why I've said to you before, listen, when you bump into a man or a woman of God that is successful, as we want to, however you want to define success, when you see that, you need to just tip your hat and show, and, and show some honor because you don't know what they've gone through to get where they are. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen overnight. They didn't just wake up like that. If they could take off their jacket, they show you the scars they've got. The price they paid. That's why I've said to you before. Everybody says, Pastor Felshaw, pray for me. I want a double anointing. I want a double portion of your anointing. So I put hands on them now and I say, God, give them double the pain. That brings double the anointing. But suddenly they're doing this. Wait a minute. I want the anointing. I don't want the pain. You need to sit down. Be quiet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You just need to sit down. Listen, you got to understand the process. A man that's ahead of his time, our actions and attitudes during the Kronos time determines if God can shift us into a Kairos moment. That's why I'm always saying to you during challenges we face as a church, be careful with your words and your attitude because God is watching. What we go through in chronological time and how we handle it determines how we enter into that Kairos moment. Can he trust us? Can he trust us? How will we handle the success?
Can he trust us? We have to be careful. You have to know what time is it. He said, let us not be weary in doing good. For the proper time, the kairos time, we'll, we will reap it if we don't give up. Amen. If you don't quit. You can't quit. Stephen, come help me. So I, do, do you know what time it is? I, I'm, I'm listening to the prophets across the nation. I, I'm always wanting to know if what I sense, if other people are sensing, if what I'm hearing, other people are hearing, if what I'm seeing, other people are seeing, if there's some type of a consistency here, is there some kind of a unity here, confirmation here? What's God saying? And I believe God wants to move. But it's going to take a man or a woman that's ahead of their time. A man or a woman that is ahead of their time. When the fullness of time came. You see, this is the takeaway today for you. When the fullness of time came, God knows when. God knows when. You say, Pastor, God's given me a prophetic word. That's good. But you're going to have to go through the prophetic process. And you're going to have to wait for the prophetic timing. God knows when. God knows when. I remember, I told you this a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to tell you again. That's the neat thing about being on the platform. You get to do what you want to do. Suzanne and I went home to Brownsville 1997 for a conference, women's conference. We went back to the green room and Ruth Heflin came in. And she looked at me and Suzanne and, and she said, I see you in the Midwest and I see the clock spinning and you're being catapulted into your future. I'm in Austin, Texas. I said, that's awesome. Took that word, put it on the shelf because I understand prophetic process and prophetic timing. I didn't fret over it. That was 1997. I went back to Austin and I began to be faithful in my church, working and laboring. 1998, suddenly Kilpatrick says, I need you to go to Columbus, Ohio, take a church, went up there. He put me in touch with these people. I took a church that had been through a moral failure and I went up there to help stabilize that house, put that house in order. I remember sitting on the front steps of my house in 1999, 98-99, and talking to Brother Kilpatrick. And I remember asking him, Brother Kilpatrick, do you believe? I was asking a question about myself. I just, I felt left out. I'm up here in Ohio fighting a fight, and he's down there having a revival. I just... I was frustrated. I remember in that same conference though with Ruth, I remember there was a lady from Ohio, ironically, that was speaking and, and she was in the altar and she came up to me and she said, I know you've asked the question, where is your place among these men? But just know you have a seat. She went on. I thought, okay. Well, in 2000, I'm frustrated, I'm trying to be faithful to my calling. 
And then 2003, I get the phone call, Randy, come home. So I go home and suddenly I'm being catapulted from the Midwest. Suddenly my, the clock is spinning and suddenly I take my seat with those men of God and I'm the senior pastor of the church now. Do you understand that that word that was given to us in 1997 did not come to pass until 2003? And the chronological time and the chronological investment that I made was sowing seed into my Kairos moment. And I, got, I could have gotten frustrated and said, you know what, I, I'm just, you know, I just quit, quit believing. But I didn't. I stayed faithful to the plow. I kept plowing. I kept plowing. I kept working. Even though I had the word and I didn't always understand the word. And I was just believing God. And this, listen, to be a man ahead of your time. You've got to know that God knows when for you to experience a W-I-N. Number two, you've got to know that this present space cannot contain you. It can't. As you grow and mature, that womb is going to push you out. And so you've got to know when to hold. And then when God says push, you've got to push. And that requires hard work. And then number three, do you know what time it is? Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't abort your dream. Don't abort his promise. Don't abort your ministry. Don't abort your revival. Don't quit. Don't give up. If you're going to be that man or that woman ahead of their time, you're going to have to hold on and do not weary in doing well. you got to hold on. I want to be a man that's ahead of his time because I believe it is time. It is the hour for such a man. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.